Hey, hey, party people. I'm your host, Taylor Ryan, owner and lead planner at Lemons and Willow Event Management. With a decade of experience in catering, venue management, HR, and wedding planning, I'm here each week with industry friends to answer questions from real couples about how to tackle the unexpected things that pop up when planning a wedding. I'm here to make sure you feel heard in your planning journey, and I'm bringing along some of the best wedding pros in the industry to offer insight and wisdom to help you along the way. We're all here to help you have the wedding day you've always dreamed of and avoid the big mistakes we've seen over the years. This week on the Days and Engage podcast, we are talking about wedding music, entertaining your guests, and how to keep the party alive at your reception. We have some great questions from real couples about the party aspect of their wedding, and here to help us is the party man himself, Jonah Pearl. Uh, Jonah's been a DJ for 14 years, is that correct? All -hmm. right, and recently started his own company, DJs on the Half Shell. So Jonah, thanks so much for being here. Yes, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me on and uh, using me as a as a perspective into the uh, enter- entertainment side of the wedding uh, world. Uh, Jonas, so you and me have worked together before, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got into DJing and kind of what inspired you to start your own company? Yeah, so um, a little bit about me. Uh, I'll be 38 next Wednesday. Oh, happy early so I'm birthday. Up there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've Came into uh, to work in the DJ world. Um, gosh, I was I was working at a restaurant um, way back in the day, back in 2009, and they closed down. So I was looking for work, and uh, I found a company on Craigslist, uh, and they were hiring party motivators. So I was like, "What is this?" I read the ad, and they're like, "Oh, you can you know come to events and you know interact with a crowd while a DJ plays for a party, and you just kind of you know get out there and do the cupid shuffle and just interact and have fun with people and okay. uh, just kind of bring an extra element to the party." Um, so I was doing that for a little while, and the owner of the company that I was doing that for said, you know, hey, you're doing a great job. The DJ is like working with you. However, we feel like you have uh, the personality to be a DJ yourself if you're willing to be trained. So I was like, hey, you uh, – at first, I was – I kind of pushed back. I was like, I'm kind of having fun with the party motivator thing, not really interested in the uh, the DJ aspect of things. Um, and then eventually he was like, well, you know, this is what DJs can make on a weekend and showed me one of the other DJs checks. And I was like, well, you know what? (laughs) I'm open to it. You know, always up for picking up a new skill. So uh, I trained with uh, that company for about 17 months before they let me out on my own to do DJ a wedding for the first time. Okay. And then uh, from there, first year I won their uh, rising star award. Then I was their most requested DJ. And then one of their other DJs and I would just go back and forth every year for most requested DJ. And, uh, yeah, eventually I got to a point where I had, you know, developed a reputation in the industry and there came a point where, and I, am a big believer in if, uh, if somebody has a dream and you're willing to help them with that dream, if they're not putting in as much work into their dream as you are into their dream, perhaps you might want to step back, recalibrate and find out if your energies can be used, uh, more effect- effectively and more efficiently either pursuing your own dream or helping someone else uh, with a dream that's, you know, kind of a little bit more focused on making that dream happen. So I was like, you know what? Uh, at first I was going to be stepping away from the industry to get into a different industry. I remember um, that when the last time we worked together, you were like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I was going to go into coding, uh, get into the IT world. And then, um, you know, with chat GPT and, and the revolution of, uh, artificial intelligence coming up, I was like, wow, this is probably a really bad time to get into entry-level coding because all that's pretty much getting ready to be taken over by uh, artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Let me, uh, let me reset and um, just come back and do something that I know I love doing and that people have 
always shown an appreciation for. So I was like, hey, let me just uh, let me start DJs on the half shell and get this party started. I love the name, by the way, the the pun because your last name's Pearl just makes me so happy. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, I appreciate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Awesome. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, so Taylor and I know just how important DJs are in a wedding day. A good DJ or a band can make or break a reception. Mm-hmm. So what do you as an entertainer think make for a good party at a wedding? Um, from a DJ's perspective, I would say interactivity is a huge factor, um, you know, because the spectrum of DJs, you've got everybody who's, you know, just hanging out behind the booth, not even paying attention to the crowd, just playing music, you know, hitting buttons. You've got DJs that are actively watching the crowd, making sure their mixes are, you know, in tune with what the people out there on the dance floor want to hear. And you've got DJs who are doing that, but also are willing to get out from behind the booth, get involved in dancing, having fun, and just, again, interacting with the crowd, making everyone feel like they're a part of the evening uh, in any way you can, just to kind of bring that extra that extra level that you might not find with another uh, DJ. So um, I, I feel like interactivity is probably the key factor to really bringing a party Uh, from the DJ side of things. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I work very closely with DJs during, you know, ceremony and reception to kind of manage the flow of the event. Um, At weddings where there might not be a coordinator, does some of that typically fall on you as the DJ? (laughs) Oh, 100%. Um, Over the course of 500 plus weddings, I've done weddings where I had really great planners that I got to work with, case in point. Oh, thank you. Um, I've had planners (laughs) who, you know, they're, they're good not necessarily the best. There's some that just are fresh out there and don't know what they're doing. And then the, the weddings where you have like no planners in any situation where a planner is not doing what is in a planner's role. Um, the DJ will have to pick up the slack. Uh, and I don't want to say that like, there's a lot of planners out there that I have to pick up the slack for, but in any situation where, uh, where somebody who, who is not, um, kind of handling everything they need to handle everyone in the crowd bride and groom guests they all look at the dj because the dj is in control of what happens next as far as pushing things along yeah Mm -hmm. um the planner is there to make sure you know that everything is in line the structure is there and that whoever is in charge to execute is doing their job so yeah it's uh i love working with a great planner because it makes the job easier it makes everything run a little bit smoother a lot smoother really um but yeah if, if there's no planner the DJ is uh, is the one who's looked at as, uh, hey, make this happen. Yeah, because Kalia gets a lot of that from the inside, like the bridal party looking at her when there's not playing her like, okay, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and then- Right, what's next? Let's go. Yeah, yeah I assumed most of the guests look at the DJ because while the photographer's got the bridal party managing them, you're kind of in charge of everybody else. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you guys uh, are champs when that happens to both of you guys because I know that's not your jobs at all. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, it depends because sometimes it is your job. I mean, if you're there and, and you're in a certain role and those responsibilities ultimately fall on you, you got to make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just accept what it, what happens and roll with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like there needs to be at least one of you <laughs> present because I have done a wedding where there's no, there's no DJ and there's no planner. Oh Lord. Chaos. Absolute chaos. <laughs> it was just a whole bunch no of people. No DJ, no planner. None. None. <laughs> that just and gives it's me just, anxiety just hearing it. It's just a whole <laughs> bunch of people standing around. That's all it is. And it's miserable. It's miserable for everyone. So with that, we're going to start answering some questions from real engaged couples about some challenges they are running into with their wedding planning. 
So our first question is from Mama Raised a Dance in Full 456. We are finalizing all songs for our DJ, but I'm stuck on one. Not sure if we want to do a slow dance for our last song or a more upbeat song and have our guests join. What should we do? Song suggestions are welcome. Jonah, you want to get us started on this question? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's really a great question. And um, at a risk of sounding kind of neutral about this, I, I the go-to answer here is really it's all about the crowd that you have. Um, if you have a crowd who's, you know, maybe you want to do a really fun, upbeat, you know, just dance your heart out to the last song kind of thing. Sometimes you want to have a nice sing-along where you get everybody out there on the dance floor in a circle, maybe the bride and groom in the middle, um, have, have people sing to them. Sometimes you want to slow dance. Um, I usually don't recommend a slow dance for the end of the night. Uh, I always like to find something that's, again, and on a high interactive. Note. <laughs> and, and yeah, you want to you unify the crowd, especially, you know, you want some everyone out on the dance floor cheering for the bride and groom at the end of the night by the last song. So it's great to have a song that brings everybody out to the dance floor, whether you're singing, you know, Sweet Caroline or, and I know it gets, gets played so much, but people love it. Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Um <laughs> you know, uh, country roads, wagon wheel, something that's just kind of that people know and can sing along to. Mm -hmm. If you can find that, that, that gem that everybody knows the words to, or that everybody are willing to try to sing along to and just get everybody involved for that last moment. I find like that's, that's where you get that last burst of energy at the end of the night where it just unifies everyone. And you can really end on a high note, even if it's not a high energy song, just having everyone unified in, in that moment of celebrating the bride and groom for that one last time. It really just puts a puts a cherry on the Sunday there. Yeah. I mean, we had that wedding together, Melissa and Chris's, where they did New York, New York at the end, and literally the entire <laughs> crowd was in a circle and they were in the middle and everybody was like can can dancing to New York, New York to the top of their lungs. It was so much fun. And I would have never like it started playing. I was like, this is an interesting pick for a last song and they lost their minds because they were all from that area okay, too okay, so okay. like everybody was from up north it was hilarious but they had the time of their lives to that last song that's so funny <laughs> that's such a good idea yeah i mean i'm on the the team of you can have the best of both worlds for that question because i mean i think you should do an upbeat song like don't know saying like end on a high note but after that as everybody's going outside to line up for the exit whether you're doing like a sparkler exit or a bubble exit have your coordinator go get them out. And while everybody's out there, you guys have a private last dance to a nice slow song that's something special to you. And, you know, whether that's like your song, like if you want to do your first dance song again and have that, the best thing I've ever seen, um, I had one of my grooms surprise the bride. He had a custom love song written for her and recorded about them. I thought it was the most amazing thing. Garrett, if you're listening, I'm still so proud of you for this. Like a year later, <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful and she bawled her eyes out because it started playing and she was like what is this song he's like just listen to the words I thought it was really special and like it would be a good surprise for you and it was literally about like how they met and fell in love and I it know. was so so sweet Aww. so yeah that's so apparently funny. there's songwriters out there that just do that for people they'll that's you send them like idea. information about you as a couple and then they just write a song and record it for you is that not amazing? Well, yes. in, this, in this new world of uh, of AI, you can you can have AI mm -hmm. develop new songs that's like true. that for you with such ease these days. So I feel like that's that's going to be a new revolution uh, uh, coming into the, uh, like 2023 and beyond. Once uh, people really start getting a hand of uh, using artificial intelligence, yeah, there's going to be so many custom songs mm -hmm. for sure. It'll be cool. Clea, yeah. are you on team upbeat or team slow song? 
I feel that, like you said, you can do both. Um, but I feel like people need to remember that you're having an, if you are having an exit, cause I know some people aren't doing that, but if you are having an exit, you don't want the last song to be like slow and, uh, you know, yeah. right before <laughs> you're supposed to be hyping the bride and groom out. But True. yeah. And then I think that the personal dance by yourselves, is a really nice touch and really special. Yeah. What's y'all's favorite last song of the night? Mine personally is Closing Time by Semisonic because it's like, it's closing time, get out. But also everybody knows the words to that. Yes. Um, and it is such a great last song of the night. <laughs> oh my. I have to think. Now are we talking mm-hmm. last song like? With everybody. Song, yeah, like- with everybody. Okay. Um. Also literally anything Mama Mia because almost everybody knows those. Yes, yes. I had one a couple of months ago. They did uh Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight for their last song, and everybody was like jumping up and down and singing. It was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. It was like this wedding had a, a lot of um I don't wanna what's the genre? Like alternative, I yeah. guess. Like two thousands, like punk rock type thing. And I can't remember the song that they did, but it was just like people were like all over the floor, like <laughs> laying down, like singing there. And I was like, wow, this is, yeah, this is something. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they had a good time. So whatever that song is, I can't remember what it is, but it's going to come to you right after we finish. Recording. Probably. Yeah. But that was, just... we'll post it in the show notes once Kalia remembers. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that song was like, everybody was on the floor, like writhing around and stuff. I was like, okay. All right. Get on with your bad self. The exit (laughs) pictures were really good after that. So whatever. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a favorite, Jonah? Um... So I've heard I've heard it at so many weddings, but I feel like Don't Stop Believing just... Yeah, everybody knows that one. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, I really like to talk to the to the to my clients and find out what their musical preferences are and find out you know what songs they feel like would work really well for their crowd because there are so many there are so many ways you could go with uh, end of the song uh, end of the night songs. So if I can try to find something that's within their vein of of uh, like preferences, something they really like. Um, but if it, if it's like hey DJ, choose the last song, I, I I leave it to you. It's hard to get a crowd that doesn't know don't stop believing that won't That's get out true. there to sing at the top of their lungs, <laughs> you know, get them doing an air guitar, you know, or shout shouts. Another great one. Oh yeah. That's it, a, it's good a classic. It's finding those songs that are generation gappers. Like it doesn't matter if you're 70 years old or 17, if you can find those songs that everybody's going to know, that's how you get those people together at the end of the night. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also just looked up the song. It, it's Mr. Brightside. Oh, yes. Mr. Brightside is a great yes. last song of the night. Yes. I have so many couples use that as Writing their last song. on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our second question today is from Lola Gogo. We are trying to decide between just serving beer and wine versus beer, wine, and liquor. What are the pros and cons of each and what should we do? I want to make sure everyone dances and parties, but is liquor worth it? Who wants to start this one off? I will start this one off. Um, (laughs) I always tell my couples, you do not know your friends and family like you think you do until you give them an open bar with liquor. That being said, I think liquor at weddings is a terrible idea. I think if you're going to do it, like maybe a signature (laughs) cocktail. I, I have seen so many weddings go horribly wrong 
because of liquor, especially like when I was working at a venue, like it just, there's always somebody who takes it way too far and it just ruins the night for everybody. Um, but also it is so much more expensive for you as a couple if you're doing beer, wine, and liquor. So that's a number one reason that I'm just like, if you're doing an open bar, these people are gonna be happy with free alcohol regardless. Save yourself the money and just do beer and wine. But I mean, as far as the party side goes, I think that falls on the DJ and the entertainment to keep the party going. You should not rely on alcohol for that ever. That's my two cents on the subject. <laughs> like you said, I feel like you shouldn't have you shouldn't be dependent on the alcohol to have fun and the DJ really is helping you have fun. But I mean, if you had a couple tequila shots in there, that would help me tremendously. But, you know. Well, okay. You know. First of all, most venues will not do shots at all. Like that is a rule that most bartenders and venues will not do because of liability. But here's okay. a horror story about that. Mm-hmm. I had a bride one time that she was literally like maybe 90 pounds soaking wet. And all of her college friends she hadn't seen in years were there. And people just kept shoving shots in her hand. Mm. And she got so sick by the end of the night because people just kept bringing her shots. And I mean, like, I get it. Like, you're excited to see your friends. You're like, yeah, Yeah. let's all do a shot together. But it is so not worth it to, one, not remember your wedding day. Two, Mm. get sick and not enjoy your wedding day. And, like, we, she had to totally miss her exit because, like, she couldn't hardly walk. Okay. That that makes like, sense. That makes sense. You know, so like I don't think it's worth it at all. Like I don't think that – because you're going to feel pressured to to do that with your friends yeah. if it's there. And yes, it's a party, but like you want to remember your wedding day. You don't want to wake up the next day and be like, I don't remember anything past cocktail hour because that's <laughs> you spent all this money to enjoy this day and it's never going to happen again. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Eh, yeah. <laughs> If it was in drinks, I guess only that would yeah. be better because it's like you can. That's you why can I said like slam maybe down one so many signature drinks. cocktail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can only chug down so many drinks. I agree with that statement. I still yeah. want liquor there though. <laughs> jo- Jonah, with five hundred weddings of experience, what do you think? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, so uh, there's plenty of factors that come into play as to what you're looking for. So. Um, you know, if you have a, if you have a really large crowd and you know, you got your moms, your, your parents, friends there, you got aunts and uncles, you got friends from work, you got college friends, you know, uh, if you feel like you've got a rowdy crowd that are just going to get out there and have a great time, like I've done weddings where they just had beer and wine and that was enough. And then you've got these crowds that, you know, some people are not really that apt to get out there and get involved and, and want to dance unless they got a little bit of a buzz on. And if you don't have a whole lot of time, like, you got to let that buzz kick in. So if you're drinking beer and wine during cocktail hour, you're not going to get quite as buzzed as, you know, if you had a couple of mixed drinks or something. So, but again, I've had weddings where, you know, the bride had too much to drink. And by the end of the night, one of the groomsmen had her by the ankles was like literally dragging her around the dance floor. Oh my gosh. And, you know, the, the <laughs> grooms who were, were, got a little too, too much before the end of the night, you know, that. So it just depends on whether or not you can handle your alcohol. Yeah. Um, and again, if you've got a large crowd, a- you don't know who handles their alcohol and how they handle it yeah. until you give them way right. too much. <laughs> exactly. So uh, beer and wine, were, and it, you know, it sometimes you don't even need that. I've done dry weddings where they just went absolutely bananas. Um, so th- the entertainment comes into play. Like if you're playing good music, 
you're going to inspire a lot of people to want to dance, but there's some people doesn't matter what you're playing. If they don't have a buzz on, there's just that, that insecurity where they're like, I don't want people watching me that, that what the liquid courage, they call it that for a reason. Like yeah. it just gets people involved. <laughs> so it depends on your crowd. If you want to see how, how wild things can get, have an open bar, uh, allow liquor. If not, you know, you can have a lot of fun without having to go too crazy. And if you do have liquor, I always recommend cut the bar a little bit early. Give people yeah. time to sober up, especially and if you're at a venue. please provide you... transportation for your guests if you're going to do that. Yeah, if you're going to get people drunk, make sure they have a ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it needs to be, I will still support my semen. But <laughs> like you said, I guess for me in my head, I'm thinking everyone I'd Every single person I would invite to my wedding or who came to my wedding would be responsible with it. But I know some people don't know that because other people are inviting like their coworkers and things. I never did that. I just did family. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. The guest list definitely plays a part into whether or not you want alcohol, uh, liquor or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, I just... Alcohol stresses me out just in general. But yeah, again, I feel like if you're providing alcohol at all, you need to provide transportation for your guests because you want to make sure that, you know, your friends and family get home safely. Yes, for sure. Have you been listening to the podcast thinking, man, I wish I could just sit down with someone like this and ask all my wedding planning questions at once? Well, guess what, friend? It's your lucky day. Lemons and Willow Event Management is now offering wedding consulting to anyone. This is a low commitment planning session where you pay $150 for one hour of planning advice. You bring all your questions, a cup of coffee, and we sit down virtually and tackle each question one by one over the course of an hour. You can book this service from anywhere at a time that's convenient for you. And the best part is you're not committing to hiring a planner just yet if you're not ready, but you still have access to professional advice. If you'd like to book a call today, head over to www.lemonsandwillowevents.com, click on the packages and pricing tab, and scroll to the bottom where it says wedding consulting. You can book a call straight from the website. We look forward to tackling your planning questions together. All right, our next question is from Coffee and Jelly Beans. I am in a little bit of sticker shock while looking at bands and DJs. There are prices ranging from $1,000 to $10,000, and I honestly don't know what the difference is. What should I be looking for that would justify spending more money? What exactly does a DJ do that a band doesn't and vice versa? And why are DJ prices all over the place? There's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) Jonah, do you want to start us off on that? Sure, sure. Yeah, there's so much to unpack here. Um, so obviously, the the first thing is the difference between a DJ and a band. Um, depending on the band, you're going to have to pay a lot more for versatility. Um, you're paying for a lot more people. Professionalism. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah, you're paying for people. It's it. There's a lot going on there. Uh, when it comes to DJ pricing, and I can't really speak a whole lot to bands because that's that's a different sect. Yeah. I mean, it's entertainment, but that's. Uh, totally different animal as far as DJs and, and the varying prices. Um, so here's the thing about DJs. You, anybody can go out, buy the equipment and say, I'm a DJ. Anybody can do that mm-hmm. and they can charge whatever they want to charge. So what you want to find out is the qualifications of the DJs that you're looking at. You know, how long have they been DJing? Are they, has that time as a DJ been like club DJing? Are they corporate DJs? Do they, are they, do they specialize in weddings? Um, you know, what do they offer? Are, are, is it, you know, do they bring a big light show? Um, 
do they let you can you customize songs with them will they will they make special mixes for you are they a good mc uh do you like the, the sound of their voice do you like their personality you know there's so many things that factor into whether or not you're willing to pay a certain sticker uh price for a dj so there's a it really depends on preferences as to what you're looking for you want to find out if they're able to mix um you know do they know the type of music you like because some djs have been saying you can say hey i've been a dj for 20 years but i only mix 80s and 90s music it's like okay well that's mm -hmm. great but my friends and family don't want just 80s and 90s, yeah. 90s music so find out about you know the breadth of their experience the the depth of their music knowledge um you know are they willing to you know find out what extras they bring uh not necessarily externally like physical extras but what do they bring as uh, as an individual and their their capacity to mix music make songs like special mixes um yeah, there's just so many things that, that go into uh, what DJs charge, why DJs charge it, and if they're worth what they charge. True that. Mm. Anything on that? That makes sense because, uh, like you said, any person can go get equipment and call themselves a DJ. Yeah, Same with guys, photography. <laughs> if you guys didn't listen to the episode about vetting your vendors, go back and listen to that because there's a whole lot that goes into that. <laughs> yeah, so I feel I feel that. And it's like some of these people don't know better and they're not going to realize that they made a mistake until the day of mm -hmm. and that absolutely sucks so i feel like they really do need to take the interview process not just for like photography and planning but like every vendor that they have because that would be a nightmare um and i have like firsthand experience where um a client hasn't fully vetted their vendors I did a wedding at a barn and they had like a list of whatever DJ and they just chose. And the DJ that showed up was one that hosts a radio show, I guess, during the week. And so because he does that, he refused to do any songs with explicit language or what is it like a assumption? No. Uh, What's that word? Suggestive lyrics. Yeah, suggestive lyrics. So, which wasn't the crowd at all. Um, so they were highly upset. <laughs> but he was adamant that he was just not going to do that. So, yeah. I feel like if you would have gone through that whole vetting process, you would have definitely figured that out and known that that would not have gone over well with the crowd that you invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um speaking to the difference in the bands and the DJs. So I have couples that use DJs. I have a lot of couples that have used live bands. Um, the reason that those prices are so different is again, when you're booking a band, you're booking like anywhere from three to eight people that have like, you know, years of experience playing and practicing a certain instrument. That's why bands tend to run a lot more than mm -hmm. DJs. Um, but one big difference with bands versus DJs, I know a lot of people love the like live entertainment aspect. We had a lot of bands right after COVID because everybody was just dying for live entertainment like that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But you have to remember when you give your song selections to the band, you need to be paying attention to, you know, what type of music they can play and then how many songs they're willing to learn for you as a client. Cause most bands are like, we'll learn up to three new songs for you. Mm -hmm. But if they get there and they start playing music and your crowd's not into it, 
they have a set list and that's what they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just go mm-hmm. up and be like, hey, can we request this song? Because if they don't haven't practiced it, no, they're not going to play it. Mm-hmm. With a DJ, your DJ can, like Jonah was saying, read the room, be like, oh, I've played, you know, three songs from the 80s and nobody's dancing to it, but I played the Backstreet Boys and everybody lost their mind. So I'm going to switch over and start playing some like late 90s, early 2000s. And that's what's going to get this crowd hyped up. Um, bands can't do that. So if you book a band that's like all, you know, like classic swing kind of style music, that's what they're going to play regardless if your guests like it or not. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Um, I had a bride one time that the band asked her for a set list for months beforehand. She handed me one the morning of the wedding and said, this is what I want them to play. And I said, well, that's great, but you were supposed to get this to them and you told me you got it to them months ago. I was like, they're not going to play anything on this song list. And she was like, well, these are songs I absolutely don't want them to play. I was like, well, guess what? If that's on their set list, they're going to play it because they've been practicing for this wedding for months. It's not like a DJ where you can just change everything. And a lot of DJs will be like, no, sorry, I can't change. Like, you know, they've got to download the music and, you know, get things set up. And if you're like, oh, I hate this song, you know. A ba- if in the middle of a band, the band is not just going to stop playing the song just because you don't like it. And she was furious the whole time. She was like, I hate this song. I can't believe they're playing it. I'm like, well, guess what? If you would have done your job as the client and gotten them what they needed, then they wouldn't be playing it. Um, but you can't just give them a set list the day of. These people are professional musicians that have to practice as a band. Like you can't yeah. just expect them to show up and be like, oh, here's my list of songs and they're going to change all that the day of. Um, So that's a lot that you have to think of when booking a band. And speaking of the price for bands, um, on top of the price you're paying, you also need to make sure you're paying attention to what's in their writer and their contract because a lot of bands require a green room. They require certain kinds of food in their green room. They require, you know, certain kinds of drinks in their green room. And that's when you sign that contract, you're saying, yes, I will provide this stuff. So that adds on too. So if you really want a band, make sure you book that like one of your first vendors because it's going to take up a chunk of your budget. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. People don't realize the things that go into like booking a band versus a DJ. But yeah, DJ prices, I mean, I see a wide variety of those and it's most of the time experience and setup. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you can have a DJ that comes with like, they're like, I need a table and they literally bring their little like mixer and that's in a computer and that's it. Um, but some DJs have like an elaborate stage with up lighting and, you know, a screen that they can customize with your name or your picture Dang. on it and okay. yeah, all kinds of stuff. So that's what goes into the difference in prices on DJs most of the time. They got lights. And you, you've worked with, oh, yeah. with a fair share of bands, Taylor. So I wanted to ask you something I've heard, um, kind of prevailing the, the scene there is. Um, when it comes to bands, there's typically a complaint that you don't always have like a dedicated MC or a qualified or like professional MC. So if you have a band who sometimes you just don't have anyone to make announcements, like if you, if you hire a band instead of a DJ, usually someone from the band is going to be doing introductions. Yep. Um, or if not, you know, the planner gets handed the mic. Oh yeah. I've done a whole lot of announcements and introductions at weddings before. (laughs) What is it like? Is that something that you know in advance or no? That's something that the client should be asking on a consultation call um, is, are you going to MC the event? Because I had another wedding one time where, where they had a live band and I was like, okay, hey, we're, you know, come up on introductions. Here's the list of names and stuff. And they're like, well, we don't do that. I was like, what do you mean? There's six of you and not one of you can get on a microphone and do introductions. And they were like, no, that's not part of our thing. And I was like, 
okay, guess I'm doing introductions today, which, you know, I don't, obviously I don't care to be handed a microphone and talk in front of people, but there are some planners that'd be like, absolutely not. Like some of my friends that are planners are very, you know, reserved people. And if you ask them to get up on a stage in front of 300 people and introduce a wedding party, they'd say, absolutely not. Have a nice day. Um, so Mm -hmm you know, you really need to make sure as a client, you're asking those questions because some of them will not. And, you know, with DJs, some of the DJs won't sometimes, sometimes the DJs are like, oh, that's not part of what I do. Cause those are the DJs normally who are like, I have a Spotify playlist and I'm hitting next okay. on the I was about <laughs> um, to say, like, but I feel like that's part of your thing. Yeah. No, you, know, you need to make sure your DJs are providing microphones for the ceremony and music for the ceremony. Like you wouldn't believe how many clients I've had just assume that because the DJ was going to be there, they were going to do ceremony music and reception music. And if those are not in the same place, DJ is like, sorry, I don't have a second setup. They didn't, they didn't request that. I don't have microphones. They're just going to have to talk. <laughs> Wow. Vet your vendors. Yeah, vet your vendors. Ask the right questions. Please make sure you're paying attention to what you actually need. Um, because and that's why this podcast is so important because a lot of people don't know what questions they need to ask. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of it's their first rodeo, so you don't know what you need to go in figuring out. So it's nice to have a, a resource that you guys are providing to let people know, like, hey, if you're getting married, here's some questions you should probably ask beforehand. Yeah, because yeah. I mean Again, like you said, people are not doing this every weekend like we are. Yeah. And like, I have to remind my couples all the time and be like, hey, make sure that somebody's providing microphones. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that, that people need to hear us during the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make sure you're asking the right questions during your consultations for sure. Our last question today is from Just Wanna Rave. My fiance and I are big partiers and want our reception to be an absolute rave, but we're worried our more conservative and older family won't have a good time. How do we make sure we get the party we want but not exclude our family? Jonah, we'll let you start. Yeah, so I find that this happens fairly often. So um, something that I find that works well uh, is kind of having a separation within the party. and you don't even have to go that far, but I've seen it happen. I've seen it done where it works well. But I always find the best option to pleasing the older crowd is let them have the earlier part of the evening. Like once the dancing starts, start off with sixties, seventies. You know, hit them with some Motown, some some old school funk, some eighties rock. Like let the older folks enjoy the music that they enjoyed earlier on in the evening. And as it, the evening progresses. You can get into newer music or different genres that the bride and groom and their friends really want to hear. So that way you're getting a chance to play a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, but I've also seen like a, the opportunity where brides and grooms call it the after party. Or they'll have that first part of the reception where it's just like, hey, this, make it more wedding-esque, family-friendly dance party. And then at this time, we're going to do a fake exit or whatever they want to do. And then the older people leave or they, they're given the opportunity to leave. Yeah, early and, exits you know, give them a nice easy out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you bring everybody back in and then you crank it up to, to that level that the bride and groom are looking for with their friends a little bit later on in the evening. Uh, we don't really have to worry too much about anybody getting offended or uh, not enjoying the type of music because they had a chance to dance what they like, uh, dance to what they liked. They had a chance to, you know, enjoy the evening, have fun on the dance floor, leave when they want to leave a little early in the evening and then kick it off with a little after party vibe. So there, there's definitely different ways that you can go about making sure that everybody has a good time and here's a little bit of something for everyone and still get a chance to really break it down if, if that's the, the vibe you're going for. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And um, I would just like to let everyone know I experienced the the not starting off with the family safe music <laughs> at my own way. <laughs> I started off way off the deep end with uh, Megan the Stallion. And um, I have no shame. I have no shame. I really, but yeah, I started off way off the deep end with her and um, yeah, all the older people sure did leave and that was fine by me, but it was just, <laughs> it was just like, okay, we're doing this. That's fine. But if you don't, if you do want your, your older people to stay, I, I, yeah, I would start off a lot softer. That's and when then, you start off with like the electric slide and get everybody out on the dance floor. Yeah, I did not do that at all. <laughs> um, I had a couple who nailed this like they did such a good job it was hilarious because on their consultation call they were like okay so like we're going to do a jewish ish wedding and i was like please explain um because their family is very religious but they weren't necessarily um so they were doing like some of the traditional things like you know signing the ketubah and doing like the traditional jewish ceremony signing the what the ketubah it's oh, like ketubah. a jewish okay. um marriage contract so okay like, okay yeah, i so, think you said tuba i was like no <laughs> so they they did all of those things and then when the reception started they kind of eased into the music because they had a lot of older more conservative family and then they did the fake exit so as soon as it got dark outside we went outside and did like glow stick exit and they were like when we come back we want a glow stick rave and i was like at your Jewish ish what okay, sure. She did her bouquet toss to the Beastie Boys. Okay. And I'm talking, we pitch black, darked it out. Everybody had like glow stick necklaces and headbands, and they went so hard. And they did the hora in the middle of this. And you talk about people losing their minds. It was hilarious. Like they had so much fun during that rave, but it was like, you know, nice and like, you know, laid back. And then as soon as after we came back from that fake exit, they went to town. They had so much fun at that wedding. It was hilarious. Um, But when she told me she wanted to do her bouquet toss, the beastie boys, and I was like, this is going to be a good party. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And then to touch on what you said, you said that it was pitch black. Only glow sticks. Mm-hmm. You need making sure you have a photographer that knows how to do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because if that's something that you want to do and that's fun and all, and you have a photographer that doesn't know how to do low light stuff, they're going to come out terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sheila uh, Mraz was the photographer for that one. And the pictures are so cool. Okay, like good. she did that all the like good. slow capture stuff. So like all the like glow oh, sticks. The were shutter like, drag, yeah. Oh yeah. It was so cool. Like those pictures are awesome. Yeah. I love pulling those out every once in a while and looking at them. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely ways around that. Um, especially if you don't want to offend anyone, but you need to make sure your DJ knows that mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've also been in the experience where, um, when I was working at the country club, we had one like that where DJ started off to the window, to the wall, like five minutes in and grandma's face when it hit that chorus, oh, she nice. had some words for the couple about <laughs> how dare you do this in such a nice establishment. And the DJ was like, should I not have done that? I was like, I mean, if I told you to, but that's not your fault that you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but then on the opposite end of that, I had a wedding a couple months ago where grandma on her walker at the end of the night was in the middle of the dance circle to play that funky music white boy. And she was getting the whole place 
partying. So like it, you just got to know your crowd and know what they're going to be okay with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Today's episode of the Days and Engage podcast is brought to you by the Southern Charm Bridal Show. You are invited to our specialty bridal show on February 25th, 2024 from 1 to 4 p.m. at Southern Charm Events in Rock Hill, South Carolina. With over 40 of the Charlotte and Rock Hill area's best vendors there, you are sure to find the wedding vendors you've been looking for. From catering and photography to tuxes and hair and makeup, the Southern Charm Bridal Show is your one-stop shop for all things wedding planning. Grab your free tickets now on Eventbrite or pay $5 admission at the door. We can't wait to meet you. Uh, Jonah, thank you so much for being here. I feel like we gave some like really good takeaways for our listeners to use in wedding planning, but we have one last fun question for you. What are you playing on repeat right now? Whether that's song, album, artist, podcast, whatever. Oh my goodness. Um, so, so a fun fact that I learned about music, uh, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, so I'm going to try not to go too long on this, but um, when it comes to music, I have found I, with all my clients, I go through a little questionnaire, try to get to know them, find out what their music preferences are. And in doing that, I have found out that by and large, most people really just like to revert to the music that they listen to during those like pivotal years. So like music you were listening to in high school with friends or when you were a little and you were in the house with your family, like growing up, that music that was really, really special to you in those formative years, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people go back to. Um, you won't meet a lot of people today who say, oh, you know, I don't really listen to a stuff from when I grew up, but I really like stuff that's coming out right now. Like everyone likes what, what they were into when they were growing up. Case in point, so I just screamed my lungs out for four hours at the Jonas Brothers concert last week, and I am almost 30 years old, and I have no shame. <laughs> I'm sure by the end of the year 3000, you were a horse, right? Oh, yeah. I lost my mind on that one. That was amazing <laughs> live. <laughs> yeah. So people love the stuff that, that they listen to growing up. So I, I tend to go back to that because um, when I became a DJ, something I had to learn really quick was my music preferences – don't really matter. I'm not, I'm not at a wedding to play what I like. I'm at a wedding to play what the crowd wants to hear. Oh, that's such so a good point. So when I became a DJ, I went into trying to find, you know, I went through the Billboard Hot 100 lists from the 50s till today. So I want to find out what was hitting the charts in every era, in every genre, um, so that when I have a crowd in front of me, I can look out and say, oh, based on this age group, this is the stuff that they were probably listening to when they were in those formative years. So I can find out what's going to, you know, get with what, with certain crowds, but in doing so, I had to really open up my musical preferences and realize it's time to learn all different songs from all different eras, all different genres, and just really find this, this moldable, malleable, uh, love for music. Because when I became a DJ, I wasn't really into country music, like country didn't really speak to me very much, but when you have a lot of, I mean, we're in the Carolinas, so. So you can throw down to Copperhead road now, right? You know, it's Steve Earl, Steve Earl gets played. So, um, yeah, yeah, but when it comes to like, people are like, oh yeah, after, after a wedding, when you're driving home, what do you, what do you listen to? A lot of times it's silence. I like to, I, to <laughs> I like to, I like to drive home when in my thoughts, um, or I'll put on a podcast or, you know, 
Uh, there's, I'm always looking for new, fun dance songs that are either like new that are going to get people going or songs that are new to me that I haven't heard before. That I'm like, wow, how, is, how have I not discovered this gem yet? And I get excited about like, oh, I can't wait to throw this out on the dance floor and see how people react to it, see who knows it and see who's, who says, wow, like, would never have thought to hear this song at a wedding because I just didn't know it existed. I can try to, you know, you go through Spotify and you're like, all right, I, I like this and this and this. So find me this and this and this. And just constantly, every day, expanding my musical knowledge just to find out, you know, what is going to be the best at, at, at parties. Because that's where my focus is now. It's not really much, so much about, like, finding music that I enjoy, because I already have what I enjoy. And I'll find stuff that I enjoy. But the focus is finding out what I can play that's going to bring enjoyment to others. That's, that's kind of the mindset where I have to stay right now as a DJ who's focusing on, you know, making other people happy with music and knowing that my preferences are not necessarily going to play to everybody. So just being open there. That's cool. I never really thought about that. Like turn on the radio that you're just like, all right, back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Listening to music is, is work for me. Cause I'm like, all right, this is, this is research. Yeah. I never really thought about that before. Yeah, That would make sense. That would make sense. Do you, do you ever feel like that looking at pictures of things and be like, Ooh, I should try you know, that kind of editing style or I should no, try that technique. <laughs> I don't see it when I'm looking at things in particular. I do critique everything now, which I absolutely just, it drives my, it drives my husband insane. Even like movies and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was This such, cinematography is terrible. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful shot. Like, oh wow, look at the, the haze. And, and Connor's just like, can you shut up and watch the movie? Like, can you just, can we just enjoy this thing? If it yeah. makes you feel better, I can't go to a wedding as a guest anymore and actually enjoy myself because I'm like, is somebody not going to like handle this problem going on? Caleb's like, you need to sit down and enjoy it. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't like, do they, should I go offer to help them? And he's like, don't you dare like sit down. <laughs> but 90% of the time, whoever is working is like, do you, do you mind help, help? Yes. Please let me help you for the love. Absolutely. <laughs> Like we went to his cousin's wedding a couple of months ago and it was killing me. I was having the hardest time just sitting still. And his cousin came up and she was like, um, my planner's busy right now. Can you come help bustle my dress? I was like, absolutely. Let's go. Come on right now. I'll go bustle your dress. It kills me. I can't enjoy a single party anymore, but you know, it's okay. I've done this to myself. Jonah, can you tell listeners where they can find you online and how to follow along as you build your new company? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, at the end of every wedding, I love to take a, a photo with my brides and grooms. Uh, so I have this vast collection of photos with with all of my clients, or not all of my clients, but most of my clients. Sometimes uh, time doesn't permit for them to be able to take a photo, but I've tried through most of them to do this. That's awesome. So you can find all those photos at um, on Instagram at at the DJ on the half shell. Uh, you can follow my actual new budding company uh, at DJs on the half shell. Um, and if you're actually looking to find me, uh, if you want to book me, you can actually go to www.djsonthehalfshell.com. Um, and right now the site is under construction, but I do have a form you can fill out that will uh, submit uh, an inquiry. So if you want to get in touch, that's a great way to do it. Awesome. Hopefully um, it'll be up yeah. by the time the episode airs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I've got it working. Uh, the, the game plan with the company is kind of uh, softly growing. Oh, there's terabyte. Uh, <laughs> just kind of growing things up this year, getting things ready, building the infrastructure, getting things ready to go. And then 
Uh, the hard launch of the company will be January of 2024. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so the, things are things are. So this should come out and, right before then. So oh, wow. we will be team DJs on the half shell. <laughs> what I love to hear. Yes, absolutely. Thank mm. you again for being here. Like this has been so fun. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate again. I appreciate you guys uh, wanting to bring me on and, and find my perspective uh, about all of this stuff. So uh, I uh, I'm honored that uh, that I got chosen to uh, to be a part of this with, with you guys. Thanks again for tuning in to Dazed and Engaged and trusting us party people to answer all your wedding planning questions. If you have a burning question and want to answer it on the podcast, head over to at Dazed and Engaged on Instagram and fill out the anonymous form in our bio, or you can email in your question to dazedandengagedpodcast at gmail.com. We might just be talking straight to you next week. Don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe. It helps others to find the show. And tell all your engaged friends, coworkers, heck, even strangers on the street to listen in. Until next week, bye-bye party people.